Hello, my name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner and welcome to the latest Safer West Mercia podcast. This week, as part of a series of podcasts, uh, we today will be focusing on domestic abuse and domestic violence, all as part of White Ribbon Week, uh, as we focus on the uh, horrific uh, crime and harm that is caused associated uh, with violence within a domestic setting. Uh, today, I'm joined by a very special guest from West Mercia Police, who are, I'll allow to introduce themselves. Hi, my name's um, Steve Broom. I'm a sergeant on patrol. Um, I've been with West Mercia since 2003 in a variety of different roles, and um, I'm currently working on patrol as a supervisor in Herefordshire. So, 17 years uh, in the police service, uh, Steve. Uh, what did you What did you do before, or was it straight from straight from studying? No, I was uh, straight from, from college uh, into the police and I've sort of been in a variety of different roles um, since I've been in. I've been in firearms, CID and uh, taken up a role as a supervisor this year. So quite a few bits of policing in your uh, in your time in West Mercia. Um, you uh, obviously have, have done, as you say, a variety of roles um, out, on, out on patrol. And for those listeners that don't know, uh, patrol is the part of policing that, uh, that people will see whizzing around, dealing with the, the demand that comes through the front door primarily, the 999 calls, the 101 calls, uh, and some of the investigations that link, link behind them. Um, you must see, as part of that work, a, a big chunk of, of that being related to domestic, uh, domestic violence, domestic abuse, and the, uh, and, the, and the crimes and the issues that happen behind closed doors. Yeah, definitely. And it's and it's definitely become more of an issue, especially this year with the sort of global pandemic. It's it's definitely a more frequent call for us. Um, and we're sort of experiencing a, a mini pandemic within a pandemic of domestic abuse this year. Um, and in the role that I'm in at the moment, we're very much the first officers that are, will arrive on scene. Um, in some of my previous roles in CID, we took on the more serious investigations. So I've sort of supported victims through to trial that were the victims of more high-risk domestics in the past. And again, on firearms, we often were first to see a very aggravated incidents uh, with the use of weapons. And so I've sort of I've seen domestic abuse from a, a, a wide arena of policing. Um, but my role at the moment is very much um, supporting officers with that initial investigation and, and also attending myself. You um, you rightly compared it, uh, I think, to a health emergency, the, the, the pandemic, and it is... It is at quite, um, I think, uh, pandemic levels within our society, and I'm not 100 percent sure it's very well known across uh, across our communities, across West Mercia, and particularly Herefordshire, for example, that, that, that you work in, very safe part of the world, and yet we have got the sometimes quite extreme violence happening behind closed doors. Do you think? Do you think the that awareness out there in the public? Um, is, is at the level it should be and what more do you think we can do as a, as a system about getting the knowledge out there why, why is that important do you think? Um, well, I think you're right it, is, it isn't really on the, the front pages at the moment because of the health emergency so schemes like this white ribbon campaign are absolutely fantastic and coming up just at the right time as we're going into the Christmas period um, naturally it isn't the front pages of the newspapers at the moment because we've got such a health emergency we just want to use this campaign to highlight awareness and make people aware that there is that support out there for them um, whether they haven't got the confidence to phone the police 
there's West Mercia Women's Aid, National Centre for Domestic Violence. There's lots of other agencies that can help and assist. And this is just being done as part of an awareness um, to let people know that there is that help and support out there. Part of your uh, wide experience uh, in, in policing, but also uh, in your current role, just bring to life a little bit around your experience with domestic abuse in your, in your current role. How how often how often uh, is it is it part of your your work? Uh, you know, uh, and indeed, um, also I suppose the nature of it. What types of incidents are we are we really talking about here? Well, it's a, it's a wide range, um, whether it be the neighbour calling because they've overheard an argument to a victim calling us because they're the victim of a serious assault. That level and that range of incidents are coming into the police in West Mercia on a daily basis. And I'm certainly assessing the risk on domestic violence cases on a daily basis in the role that I'm in now, um, if not attending them on a, on a daily basis. We've seen a drop in demand in some areas around nighttime economy, but it's definitely been picked up in other areas like domestic violence. So it's definitely the biggest issue that we're facing at the moment during this campaign. And that's, and that's taken aside the issues we've got around COVID. Um, so it's, it's a really wide range. We've got new tools in the box now around controlling and coercive behaviour. And I think that awareness is starting to get out there now a bit. But um, people are being made aware that uh, they don't have to live with this sort of issue. So that's great that we've seen this increase in reporting. But as ever, I'm convinced it's only the tip of the iceberg. You were, you touched on around some of the options uh, that are available to the police and, and partners. Um, and it does take a lot for somebody to uh, to reach out for help, to call the police, to, to report uh, somebody that they uh, might be in a very uh, close relationship with or indeed uh, uh, have children with. Um, if, if there is somebody that's listening, say, for example, to this podcast, what would you say to them? What would be the key messages uh, to them? And, uh, and uh, you know, what, what hope would you be able to give them? We, we very much appreciate that the police can come across as a bit of a blunt instrument. And there's this real fear about reporting that we're going to come in, that we are going to disrupt the home, potentially remove children, forcibly remove partners, etc., and that isn't always the case. So we want to give people the confidence that actually we're there to help. And quite often at low level incidents, it'll just be a case of signposting and giving them more support. Um, but similarly, we are there to help. Um, if you've got that friend, sister, relative that, that you know is sort of withdrawn or not they a change in their usual self or, or you can see a few bruises or there's something not quite right in that home, we would absolutely encourage people to phone the police and have the confidence to do so you're going to be dealt with by someone who's professional someone who's trained to recognize um, the signs of domestic abuse and they will listen to you and help you it's we deal with these situations far better than when i joined the police in 2003 i think the police has learned a huge amount um, about uh, the vulnerability and safeguarding people in these situations and there are far more support agencies to help than there ever has been before so there's every reason to to report things um, and you will be listened to. Because that's one of, uh, as, as, as Commissioner, I've been very keen to ensure that the victim, that the person who has been subject to, um, their views and their needs are, are at the heart of, of, of things that happen around them. And you mentioned crimes such as uh, coercive and, and controlling behaviour. Um, I think the re-empowerment of the individual with the choices themselves is also an important part of that. 
And uh, one of the biggest fears I hear from victims is that all these things will be taken out of my hands. And uh, and it's really reassuring to that's not the case, that there is, uh, it is about re-empowering people and making sure, of course, looking out for them and keeping them safe, but also um, giving them choices. Because, um, and I know we as a society have moved on, uh, hopefully, quite a bit from, you know, that why doesn't she just leave him type uh, attitude uh, and it is more around targeting those perpetrating the behaviour. But those that might want to act and, and make that report, I think it's important that they know that um, they will be listened to and their views will be at the heart of any decision any decision making. Um, some of it uh, might be, Steve, around how people report. Um, obviously, there are the traditional uh, routes into policing in terms of 999, 101, um, online um, reporting. Um, but there are also confidential routes in, in terms of uh, reporting via um, our victim advice line. Uh, there are um, different um, voluntary sector organisations that help can be sought from. Getting help uh, can be uh, sought from many places to which you're, you're part of and, and you work together uh, in, in making sure that the confidentiality is, is protected. No, absolutely. It's really important that people know that the information will be dealt with confidentially through the through the routes that you've said. Um, it, it, it's obviously incumbent on us to say that if it's particularly high risk or immediate risks are identified, then sometimes the police do have to take control and they do have to take action as well. And that has to be reinforced on some occasions, but information will be dealt with sensitively. And um, we've got other ways of managing risk as well, rather than the blunt instrument that we once appeared, um, such as items such as Claire's Law, um, where we can sort of advise people about um, perpetrators' previous um, uh, offending behaviour just so they can make informed decisions themselves and just help people to feel empowered to make the right choice. Because uh, you touched on some of the great new legislation that's been around uh, in recent times, the Clare's Laws 1, where uh, disclosures to uh, new partners around um, their current partner's previous uh, behaviour is one. But the other is around some of the protection orders uh, in terms of um, keeping people safe and making sure those perpetrating behaviours are perhaps removed from the situation, for example. Uh, there are some great options now uh, outside of the traditional criminal justice, lock them up for a few hours, um, which, which really do help. It, can you just touch on what, what that means to you as a, you know, a supervisor on the very front line dealing with this day, day in, day out, the kind of choices it gives you as to how you manage those situations? Well, it's, it's absolutely the case that when people phone us or we get a call from a neighbour that they don't want to follow through with the traditional um, route of prosecution and go into court for a whole host of reasons that we completely appreciate. Um, so items such as the domestic violence protection notice or protection orders sort of, they give us breathing space and give the, they give the victims breathing space so that they can make informed decisions. And we've got uh, DARO's domestic abuse risk officers that can get in and independent domestic violence advisors that can really support victims not just talk them through the criminal route, but also perhaps assist in getting uh, non-molestation orders or other orders in place just to help them leave the perpetrator. But sometimes that's all that they want. Um, often the police traditionally have always thought we need to prosecute people to get the solution, whereas in domestic violence, it's that's too black and white. That, that often isn't the solution for victims. Um, and we need to recognise that it's much more nuanced and sort of support victims through that. That, uh, that opportunity for uh, a breathing space is one, again, I hear from, from victims around 
maybe being able to think clearly. Uh, sometimes if, say, an incident has happened that has led to maybe one of those orders being put in place, being given a little bit of time to collect the thoughts and work out what you really want uh, in, the, in the colder light of day, um, I've been told it is quite a powerful, uh, empowering type opportunity. And uh, you, you mentioned you, you often deal with the, the immediacy, the response, as it were, the, 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 the immediacy there, and that ability in the days after to make those choices, I think, are, are, are a very positive thing. Um, and I, I know there's no such thing as a, as a typical instance, and you referred to a little bit about maybe neighbours reporting and those kinds of, of things. Um, what are the sorts of uh, things that the, the public should be looking out of and the typical reports that maybe make their way to, to the police? What kind of things um, should the public be, uh, be aware of in terms of whether or not somebody might be uh, either being um, domestically abused or indeed uh, violence or, or indeed that coercive and controlling behaviour? Well, you're absolutely looking if it's either a friend or a relative or either a, a mother or a, or a daughter, um, looking for that change in their usual self. Any unexplained bruises? Do, are, are their partners being in contact with them excessively uh, when they're away from the home? Um, but it's also recognising sort of psychological differences, physical differences, emotional differences. Um, are they being controlled financially? Um, have they talked to you about things of a sexual nature that may make them feel uncomfortable? Um, there's a wide pr uh, plethora of incidents that domestic abuse sort of encompasses. Um, and it's just anything that, that doesn't really feel normal. Um, people's uh, idea of what is and, and what, what, what is normal can become skewed once they've been in, a, in a, an abusive relationship for some time. So they may not recognise those issues in themselves. But as a friend, as a relative, you may well recognise them. So sometimes you need to be that really good friend and have that conversation with them away from the perpetrator and just and help them to have the confidence to report and disclose. And they themselves can report concerns to uh, to the police or, or to other uh, voluntary sector partners. Um, and uh, the, the important point uh, uh, that I often pick out in the description you've just given is the Sometimes it, or often it's not about a single instance, it's about a series of incidents over, it's not about one big instance, it's about a series of incidents over, over a very long time. And whilst there is likely to be, if it goes on for a long time, a big incident at the end, picking it up on that journey of, of, of that uh, abuse is an important one to be able to avoid some of the horrific outcomes that we've seen, including... Um, very serious injuries and uh, and murders that we that we have seen. So that that recognizing it on on the journey of abuse is is an important one. No, absolutely. And when officers attend, it'll often be a, a low level argument and whatever. But they they complete what's called a dash risk assessment, which is twenty seven questions, which sort of form the basis of that risk. And these questions have have come from we as an organisation learning about how to spot these signs of abuse early on. So this will take the form of a sort of conversational style with a victim, but we're, we very much, our aim is to reduce that risk and, and, and sort of stop instance from boiling over at the end because all too often by the time that we arrive, victims have been living with this for a long time. So that is our absolute aim is to sort of try and nip this in the bud where possible. Because there's some very scary statistics, isn't there, around the number of incidents that often a uh, domestic abuse victim will suffer before they before they do report, and uh, our, our, one of my missions as commissioner is to get it is to get that number down, uh, get that number down dramatically. 
Um, White Ribbon um, is one of many campaigns that we that we all see. Uh, there's always something going on uh, in most weeks. Uh, White Ribbon's, I think, important to us in the, in the police service because of the, the volume of harm that we see out there in the community and not necessarily the community understanding of it. But but what does it mean to you? You're, you're uh, seeing this on a day in, day out. What does it mean you as a, a police supervisor out there on the front line? I think as we touched on earlier, probably this year more than any in living memory, this is a really important campaign as we approach the traditionally busy Christmas period just to highlight um, the issues and violence against women and what a prolific issue it is at the moment. People are at home, they're self-isolating, mental health issues are on the rise. We just want to highlight uh, that the support and help is there for victims, just encourage people to support and uh, I, uh, there's, there's lots of pledges around the place and uh, White Ribbon has a pledge as well to do with uh, that men um, pledge that they um, uh, won't condone or indeed uh, commit violence uh, against women. Um, I uh, talked to the, uh, I've talked already to the uh, chief executive of the, of the campaign itself and, and it's very proudly around violence against women. And I do get fed back from the community sometimes around, well, women commit violence against against men. And I'm very clear to say, yes, of course they do. But this campaign is about highlighting the, the hugely overwhelming it is volume of men against uh, against women. And for me, uh, White Ribbon is about so much more than um, just the victims involved. It's also the role of the perpetrators to make them uh, standing up and uh, making the right decisions and owning their behaviours rather than necessarily uh, making about about victims. And for me, White Ribbon is, uh, is an empowerment of those to change their behaviour and choose different outcomes and choose to be uh, less harmful. Steve, I'm really grateful for you spending some time uh, talking about your work on the front line in West Mercia Police and how that links back to domestic, uh, domestic abuse and domestic violence uh, and indeed uh, linking it back to uh, the White Ribbon campaign uh, that, uh, that is currently running. Uh, thank you as well for, for the work that you do. I know um, uh, without fear or favour, but policing, like uh, all parts of the public sector, has seen a very interesting challenge during uh, the coronavirus. Uh, I can't imagine when you joined uh, 17 years ago, you'd ever thought you'd be uh, part of policing some of the most stringent social restrictions that we've seen um, in living memory. And it's done uh, without, uh, you know, without fear or favour. And uh, I've been very impressed by uh, West Mercy Police's ability to adapt to the challenges prevented, presented to it. And uh, I know we're entering flooding season again uh, shortly, but uh, we came from some bouts of heavy flooding straight into the pandemic. And it feels like we're still in the pandemic and about to go back into a season where we see uh, more communities disrupted by uh, flooding and alike. But uh, a big thank you from me on behalf of our communities for the work that you and your and your colleagues do and thank you very much for joining uh, joining today thank you john and uh, thank you to uh, the listeners uh, of uh, today's podcast um if you are affected by any of the uh, issues so uh, that we've been talking about um there is help uh, out there um, uh, always in an emergency uh, 999 and non-emergency uh, 101 or uh, reported online to West Mercia Police. There are also uh, the routes that we talked about for, non uh, for, non, um, uh, for confidential methods of getting help, including not having to report it to, to the police, which include uh, the victim advice line, um, and other voluntary sector uh, partners. All of those links we will include uh, in the description with this podcast. And thank you very much for uh, listening today.